What is going on, everybody? We are on episode... I lost track. We're in a new episode here. A little bit of a time crunch today, but we got some cool stuff to talk about. Commodore, how are we doing? A little, little full. I had a Chipotle burrito, which I haven't had in, in, in years. Legitimately years. I used to have them every Tuesday. And it's been it's been years, but it was it was delicious. The new pollo asado. This is not a paid endorsement for the Chipotle burrito, but I got that post Chipotle uh, hangover right now. Okay. Also, this is no indication of how the podcast is going to go because we're not usually this boring talking about what our lunches were to to open it up. But I appreciate you sharing that. The playoff race is basically locked in. How are you feeling about the puck the Bucks uh, spot? The, the Wizards, the Wizards, unfortunately, we were eliminated. We figured, hey, you know, why not next year? Like, who needs a championship this year, right? Like, you know, let's wait till next year. So I'm glad we got to kind of bow out gracefully there. But what are your thoughts on the position? What are your thoughts on the Eastern Conference playoff race? Yeah, I mean, I think the East is, is like obviously super interesting. The Bucks, I, I, just, I don't know exactly what seed they're going to come in at, but I think the East is still wide open. I think the, the Heat are... They have there's some serious challenges. You know, Philly's been having some challenges as well. Nets, people that are like worried about Boston. I mean, it's wide open. And at the same token, I feel like it's going to be one of those playoffs where we look back at the, the NBA finals and we find out who comes out through the East. We're going to be like, oh, like the narrative sort of makes sense because almost everyone has a plausible narrative on on why the Nets, Bucks, Heat, Sixers all will, will, will come out of the East. So, but part of me also feels like that's the type of scenario, at least in college basketball, when you're picking a bracket that I tend to go with, like who's the most kind of dominant and has the most prestige there. And I go to the Bucks. So I'm liking their chances out of the East. We'll see how they match up out West. I think a matchup with a team like the Nuggets or a rematch with the Suns could be probably really, really challenging for them. But I'm, you know, I'm happy the Lakers are officially out, but uh, you know, we'll see any, any other takes for, from you in the West. I don't think you're going to have to worry about the Nuggets, to be honest. I think it's the Suns to lose. You might see Warriors, if they're playing really good basketball, sneak out of there. I think that's what's coming out of there. I'm more excited about the East playoffs, like not necessarily because of the, the teams in it, just the fact that it's so tight. I think even one through four right now with two games to play is, is, is pretty – it might look a lot different than – I haven't looked at schedules, but you could see some – and jumbling up there, which compared to the West, like basically every playoff spot is locked in. So yeah, I'm excited that that I think the East just playoff run. I think you're going to see a few game sevens, which is which is exciting to say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it should certainly be, you know, a, a fantastic. And because everyone's mixed in so much, you know, you're just going to have some really weird things, right? Where we have Brooklyn kind of playing in the play-in games. All of a sudden, you know, you might have these kind of odd positionings where that team's obviously super strong. Atlanta can get hot. Cleveland can get hot. You know, Toronto is always lurking. Chicago. I saw a stat. It was something like Chicago is like one and eight or something like that against the the top teams in the East. And so all of these teams, again, I think fast forward and we're looking at the NBA finals, the, the winner of the Eastern Conference. I think each of them have a pretty compelling hindsight bias of, of why they should or shouldn't have kind of been there, which I think going into it just goes to show of like all the different paths that, that could emerge. It's, it's just going to be really exciting. Yeah, agreed. That's that's a that's an interesting point. Yeah, hindsight is you're like, oh yeah, like I could totally have seen the the Celtics there, right? They they really turned it on. But like you could say that about just about at least the top half of the Eastern Conference, if not more. I mean, Toronto's a team. I don't expect them, you know, to come out of the right. East. But what, if they if they get hot and play in the Eastern Conference Finals, like would I be shocked? Like probably not. So yeah, there's some 
there's some interesting, definitely some interesting matchups that I'm looking forward to. Let's shift it to shift it to Krauss I think the big thing, it's been a while since we recorded one of these. I think like, I know we've obviously talked about the accelerator before, but now that we're in the home stretch, like give us, give us an insight kind of behind the scenes look in the accelerator, how it's been going, what's really resonated with you, kind of some of the value adds that I think you think people that are part of the cohort are going to walk away with. And then also let's, let's save some time to talk about kind of the, how it's going to end, which is, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I think the accelerator at a high level is, is an insanely awesome thing. And we've heard this from a couple operators of other accelerators that heard about what we're doing with the Krauss House sellers saying like, Hey guys, it's going to be really, really challenging, but if you can figure it out, it's just an amazing thing because you're collaborating, you're working with the different projects. Obviously Krauss House has learned a lot along our journey. So we can kind of you know educate from from our perspective into these newer projects. But the thing that we learned through Seed Club was the power of collaborating with other projects. And we've got grown really, really close with CabinDAO as an example. And we recently pulled off an April Fool's joke about buying MJ's mansion, which is sort of half joke, half half real, but more so in the sense of like, hey, we we're going to put it up on April Fool's and, and mostly kind of do this very tongue in cheek story. But that's just an example. Like we we collaborate with Cabin Dow on so many things behind the scenes that a lot of other projects don't aren't aware. And the broad, you know, crypto Twitter isn't aware how close we are with that team, serving entirely different missions. But the vibes are strong. The the problems that are sort of ubiquitous to all DAOs are super strong. So we learned a lot just going through this journey of the accelerator with them and being aligned through a token swap with with Seed Club and then you know obviously sort of indirectly Cabin Dow that it was just really powerful to, to work so closely with them and learn so much. And so I think that's the other beautiful thing about the accelerator is that we're also bringing in all these projects that are touching into other sports and allowing them then to collaborate on different obstacles that they're facing that either the industry has evolved over the last, you know, call it nine months or just kind of working on that second kind of iteration or that, you know, how do you, how do you do it even better than what Krauss has tried in the, in the past. And so it's just been really exciting. So we've gone through a bunch of different, types of kind of curriculums, learning about things like NFT sales and, and tokenomics and governance, duocracy, shout out to Phil from Cabindow on that security. I mean, just all the different types of things that go into the challenges of, of really building these, these, these projects off the ground and getting them out into the ecosystem and allowing people to come on that journey with you. So any one of those, any one of those in particular really stand out as far as a big eye opener for, for people. So like all the ones that you, that you listed out, all these sessions, they were things that are highly pertinent to the success of a DAO. And I think people can probably intuitively think of what some of those topics might be, especially if you're in the web three world. But was there any one session that particular where you got either a lot of good feedback or someone crushed the presentation? Feel free to say me if you want. That's totally okay. <laughs> uh, no, but like, is there any one that 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 really stood out as like as like the feedback you got were like, wow, that was like super eye opening, and I'm glad we had that session. Yeah, funny enough, I, I think it's the one that I led, which was uh, the like you know community building, <laughs> memeing your mission. I think the memeing your mission, we got a lot of feedback on. I think, and honestly, and like, and we'll share this a little, it's a little bit of uh, alpha leak, I suppose, for, for any listeners, you and I went on this journey of, of really pushing ourselves to be as creative and as bold as possible with Krauss And again, for context for people, a lot of this was born out of a failed startup that, that we had done in the social audio space that we felt like we were very 
intellectual and very pragmatic and very theoretical with everything that we were presenting, ranging from the brand to our go-to-market strategy to the way that we talk to venture capitalists. And so we really challenge ourselves to say like, hey, how would Kanye talk about this? How would Elon Musk talk about this? How would Logan Paul talk about this? And not necessarily just copying like what that version is, but taking those spirits and that energy of being able to take big, bold, ambitious ideas, simple language to articulate the spirit of what we're building, take that and bring that to the community. So early in the in the accelerator, we had this sort of memeing your mission session where we really went deep and saying like, okay, yes, your mission is very you know, thoughtful and strategic and you want to do X, you want to go Y, y and Z, but like, what's the thing that like breaks through to crypto Twitter? What's the thing that if you're standing in Times Square gets people's heads to turn? It's not just another advertisement up amongst, uh, you know, a bunch of a digital sea of, of, of noise. And memeing your mission, I think, was something, and we did this exercise of like, how would Kanye talk about your project? How, how would he articulate this? How would he sell this? And again, we use that then to work backwards a bit to say, okay, like now, how do we carve off the pieces that are special to us? Because again, being a bunch of Kanye clones or Elon clones isn't going to actually deliver something unique. So we have to sort of mold those, those two things together. I think that session really, really jumps to mind as something where we had a lot of feedback of like, yo, wow, I kind of took the core of my idea and really expanded it and almost simplified it. So now I have this language to go to the broader ecosystem of what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, why you should totally join. And I hope people really get to hear and feel that in our media day, which is which is coming up next week, next Friday. Oh, OK. So media day is what we want to talk about. So what is media day? So we got we did all this work, right? Like presenters, film room, basically going through this this pretty intensive six week process that was the accelerator. So line us up. What is what is media day? Yeah, so Media Day is going to be meeting all of the the projects that have gone through the accelerator, a chance for them to talk about who they are, what they're working on, why it's interesting, as well as you and I will be interviewing them and asking some additional follow-up questions and and diving a little bit deeper. We're going to be hosting it in a live audio space. It's still TBD if it's going to be Twitter spaces or Discord, but we'll we'll get that decided here in the next uh, day or so, certainly by Monday. And then we will record it and we will publish it here on the podcast as well. So of course, we'd love for you to be there live and be able to answer or ask questions at the end and and be involved and support the projects. But we will post an async version of it here on the podcast. But yeah, we're going to go through and highlight the projects, learn more about them, ask some good questions. And I think the part that people are going to be hopefully really excited about is these teams are super talented. Like we didn't just spin up an accelerator and take anyone who just wanted to do anything for any reason. We really worked hard to find interesting projects that had talented people working behind them that we felt like had a, a shot at really succeeding here. And so this is also, I think, a beautiful, if you're into crypto and sports, you're going to be exposed to these nuances to all of the same general ideas and aspiration and feelings and vibes that Krausehouse is sort of put out there, say all of these projects have their own flavor of that same pursuit in this intersection of crypto and sports. So, I mean, there's some stuff in the basketball world, not to not to leak too much, but in the three-on-three FIBA world, there's stuff in the soccer world, MMA, F1 racing, NIL, NCAA, like baseball, like there's so many awesome projects in here that are all taking a different lens within sports and crypto and then bringing these communities and trying to grow them. So I think if you're a Jerry or if you're just sort of a fan of Krausehouse and you like learning, 
I think you're going to be really, really excited and interested, at least hearing on how each of these projects is, is looking to tackle a really, really widely ambitious new opportunity, which is sports and crypto in, in, in Web3. 100%. And so for those interested in, in joining, we want to really want to make sure that you're up to date in the latest. So I imagine right on Twitter or, or Discord announcements, we'll be posting how people can join, ask questions. Like Commodore mentioned, we're going to be recording it so you can consume it uh, asynchronously. We might even chop up the individual pitches as well and post those or at least maybe give them to to the the cohort members so they can post them individually so there's there's tons of ways to check it out so just make sure that that you stay tuned either on our twitter account or in our discord so yeah super excited about media day just to echo what you said commodore which is like the talent i was people always say this but like it's just i had a high bar because obviously we vetted them but until we get into these rooms and you see people helping one another you hear the questions that people are asking or what their requests it's like man there's there's just a ton of talent that's flocking into the web3 space and using vehicles like anything cultural right like sports fashion music art in particular and i've just been blown away by seeing them interact with each other interact with us and then how far they've come just in the short amount of time that we've had the accelerator has been super cool to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I just like some of these projects we'd been sort of casually talking to for, for months and, and, you know, I was going to say months and years, but that's, that's not true. Uh, in our April fool's joke, we said that we'd been collaborating with cabin Dow for years. <laughs> the Michael Jordan manager. I don't know if anyone got a slight chuckle on that. And the fact that neither of these entities have even existed for, for a year yet, which might makes me think, by the way, we might have to throw a little, little birthday party for Krauss dude. Yeah. It's coming up. It's coming up quickly. I wow. think, what should it be? Should it be like the day we launched discord or something like that? I yeah. Like, or like the Twitter be... account or the podcast yeah. first episode, like we'll pick, we'll yeah. pick something to be the formal date, but dude, yeah, there's a, I mean, actually you and I have those uh, screenshots of our text message threads to each other that named it. Like that could be. Oh, the first day true. That'd true. be kind of cool. Yeah. That's, that's that technically the birth of it. Yeah. You're right. Dude. Sell, sell that screenshot of that, of that text message thread as an NFT on the birthday for 23. <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for 23 dollars or 23 ETH, baby 23 okay. ETH. all right don't sell ourselves <laughs> short okay yeah no that's that that's cool one thing that shifting totally shifting gears here but one thing that's a, a prime alpha leak i guess if if you've if you've made it this far a little a little easter egg here but commodore and I actually flew to an nba market to meet with front office and ownership which is i mean super exciting so we have to be very, very ginger about how we how we talk this and, and, and apologies in advance for for what may seem super coy. It just has to remain kind of under wraps for for obvious reasons. But like, it, I want to kick it off like Commodore. That was kind of a wild uh, experience, especially as kind of like a we're lifelong basketball fans, and that was kind of the first like whole holy crap. There's a there's a there's a path at least a path right where there's there's some interest and so i don't know like what was let's just maybe take it from the top like what was your reaction when i sent you the text it's like hey this team wants to meet book your flights like what, what was your what was your initial reaction yeah man i mean i i think that there's there's probably I, and we probably both had this right there's like two halves of the entire experience and one is like part of me expects it Right, like this is a great idea. the The value proposition strong. the The value for the NBA 
the owners, the fans, the players, front office, like it makes sense. Like this, this idea is not as crazy as some people want to act like this idea is. It's really not that crazy of an idea, which is the reason the idea has had traction. People hear it and they're like, oh shit. Yeah, that, that like should be the way that it works. So there's this half of me that is very focused in on that of like, hey, I'm here to explain why we think crypto and why Web3 and DAO specifically are the mechanism to do this very strong value proposition that we all intuitively feel. And I want to kind of walk through that and learn from you guys and what you like and what you dislike about it, because there's a lot of optionality on how we deliver this. So there's part of me because I'm walking in, right? And like, you know, you know, no, no, you know, kind of blinders on, right? Of like, like, this is fucking dope. And we, and this is why this should happen. And let's talk about that. Then to your point, like, there's this other half of me, which is like this childish wonder who just wants to like, you know, they had like basketballs in a case with people, you know, had signed it. And I just want to stop and look at every signature. Right? I want to look at the jersey that's hung up over there. I want to, you know, I want to just see what kind of workout equipment's in the weight room. And like, they just this complete, like if I could freeze time, I would have spent, you know, 10 hours there just literally just walking around and just trying to just, oh, like, what does the locker room look like? Oh, like, I like, do they have normal bathrooms? They have bigger toilet? Like, this this complete, like, childish, <laughs> like, what? Like, this is absolutely nuts. And so is this balancing of those two. Yeah, it's a it's a quick way to uh, to get us kicked out forever to, to to sneak into the bathroom and ask what the toilets look like. But I I, I get what you're saying. No, uh, no, it's cool. I think the analogy as you were talking, it kind of popped into my head was imagine like the and this is total total recent event, and I think that's what added to it is like I feel like it's it's making it to the final four, right? Which is like you trained essentially almost like your your whole life, right? It's like, it's like, this is, there's things that kind of led to this moment. And the reason why I'm saying final four is because you still have a semi-final to play, right? And so it's like, you're you're not even at the championship game yet. Like you have to win twice to hold up that 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 trophy, which I think is kind of roughly like, like a first big step was walking in and being like, wow, there's, to your point, it's like, the value proposition is there. This makes sense. Now we just have to go deliver what we've been talking about this whole time, and we're refining it as we go. And still, obviously, certainly not a not a done deal, but it just felt like it felt like getting there. And it reminds me of a, what a what a college student might think in that situation, which is like, whoa, like the final four, like I I expected to be here, but still like. You know, you, oftentimes they're playing in like a football stadium. Media is a hundred x what your normal college game looks like. The schedule is kind of crazy. People are flying in from all over the world to see you. It's a very different kind of kind of feeling. And that's what I was like. I was like, I want to get excited, but not too excited. I want to feel like we expected this to happen, but like part of me didn't expect it to. Is it's a you have this kind of this mixed emotion and balance. And like you brought up the child, we were the childhood like feeling is we're walking through kind of the training facility and like practice is going on. And like, I just couldn't, they probably thought I was so weird. I just couldn't wipe the smile off my face. Like, I just <laughs> like, I was like, this is, this is really, really cool. And just taking the tour and like seeing these guys that, that you've seen playing like in college and the pros and like watching them like, you know, work out and get jump shots up with their trainers and things like that was just, was just a really cool experience. Yeah. is it was, surreal in that way and i love your analogy by the way because this 
you're right. Like it's like there's two games to go play. We need to go have great practices in this new environment. We have to at tip off when when we when it goes to you know starting alignments announcement hits and we tip it off. It's the same damn game, right? And I think that's maybe that first point of like, I have confidence in our game and our strategy and our roster and like all those things. But like, we still got to go play that game and we got to play it twice. And so I, I really like your analogy because we, there's a lot of work still left to do. We still need to work with a, you know, a bunch of different areas. And you kind of think about there's financial, there's legal, there's operations, there's governance. Those types of things all have to be not only ironed out, but ironed out at, at a very, very detailed level. And so, you know, again, it's, 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 it's a whole journey. Um, but yeah, I love that feeling of like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to tip off and we're going to play a game that we feel confident that, that we've been practicing for a long time. And, and so I, I love that analogy of that experience because there's elements of wonder and then there's elements of, of executing. A hundred percent. Another thing too, is when we were talking to them, I don't know, it was just really cool to hear some of the things. And this isn't coming from, I know we're, we're the voices of this particular podcast, but it was really cool to deliver some of the ideas and opportunities that people have been working on in Krausehaus, delivering them to something like your front office, right? A GM, a VP of basketball operations, owners, right? And seeing them go, whoa, that's really cool. Like seeing them vid the, both the body language and visibly saying, wait, that's a fantastic idea. Or like, mm -hmm. holy, I didn't even think about that, right? Mm -hmm. And that just was the crazy moment for us, right? Which is, which is we, are, <clears throat> we are the representatives for sure. We can't bring 4,000 people into that meeting. But what's crazy is that, that all these things that we've done collectively really, really got their wheels turning on the power of something like a community, which was fascinating to see. And I do have to give a shout out to this particular organization because it wasn't mostly about a revenue thing. Like they were really, really intrigued by the global community that we've built and how to leverage basketball fans and bring them closer to the game and give them certain access that they don't typically get. But then obviously, you know, from a valuation perspective, why that could benefit an organization, a club, a franchise throughout the entire, you know, front office and, and up and down the value chain. So that was that was something that was really cool to see, like leaving there. I was like, wow, OK, the community has built something really strong that really resonates with with these these people that seem just so far out of reach you know what i mean yeah, which was absolutely. crazy to see to to witness that gap close of everything we're doing as fans and something where these i mean these people are in charging of drafting players right and like mm -hmm. signing free agents and making coaching decisions and they're they're seeing the value of these fans that exist on a discord server it's just it was mind-blowing yeah I, I i think that's a it's a wonderful way of stating it and Honestly, one of the things that's coming to my mind is like a traditional startup. And I know you're a big fan of the mom test, right? Of like taking your startup idea and really, you know, distilling it down to the version that your mom can understand and, and really getting open criticism from, from random people. And it's, it's a great book that, that Flex tends to, to recommend. With this idea, like, <laughs> like, like you can't really, like you can mom test the general concept that like what we want to do. But getting actual real like customer research and feedback on like what's the value proposition, what hits with them, what doesn't is very, very challenging, right? And so this was this exercise of getting all the way and being able to hear like, 
what is a general manager like and dislike? What is he worried about? What is he stoked about, right? What is a president of operations like and dislike? What does an owner think about, right? Each of those lens are, A, there's like 30 GMs, so that's, there's not many, right? There's, there's 30 ownership groups, 30 presidents. So, you know, your target audience is, you know, roughly 100 people that in the world that you can sort of have this conversation with in, in a meaningful way and, and learn something. And so I felt like I, what I walked away with was some value propositions on why this idea is, is, is fantastic, which I'm not going to share on the podcast because I, I think they're sort of intellectual property at this point. And then on the other piece that I also walked away of just, you know, how, how intimate and human their job is. I think as fans, we tend to abstract it, right? But just sort of watching this interaction of just the physicality of the space of like their office and the, and the way that like these humans interact with each other. And I'm also, I just finished through the Krausehouse book club, Giannis, and sorry, this is a little bit of a, a detour here, but the amount of effort that Buck staffers went to help Giannis sort of, you know, become stable in terms of, you know, finding place to live and like where to, you know, what apartment and get, helping him get some, you know, furniture. And obviously Giannis is a, certainly an outlier in this journey, but that human emotion of how do we just make sure we have a really, really strong integrity roadmap of bringing a broad, large group of people into something that's traditionally been a really, really small amount of people. And that small amount of people has been very intimate and very trusted Obviously, there's some nuances of professional sports, so there's obviously different groups of trust here. But merging that into elements where the community gets to have a voice in it. And what I just think is so exciting is that clearly the fans, we have an appetite to do this. Ownership and front offices have an appetite too. And there's this bridge, as specifically this roadmap bridge, that I think we can do something really fucking cool with both sides of that. And it was just really great to sit in there and really start to explore what that might look like. And I think honestly, that's the magic of what Krausehaus is gonna bring. If you know, if someone tries to fork Krausehaus and by all means, you know, go for it and they want to do a community and just wanna copy paste this, you're gonna be missing so many of the nuances of like how do you build a beautiful bridge between these sort of quite different groups right now to do something collective we all wanna do, which is hoist that NBA championship of a team that we love. So we all have the shared goal. We all see the value proposition, but that journey is, I think, that's where the magic of what Krausehaus and specifically this talented, talented community is going to be able to bring to the table. So I'm just, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps right now. I, I like, it's just, it's, it's really fucking exciting to see this beginning of this sort of, you know, caterpillar emerging as a, as a butterfly. It's, it's, it's absolutely awesome. Couldn't agree more. Let's end with that. All right. So the upcoming stuff obviously we're continuing to do draft classes so please keep posts if you're interested in contributing media day as aforementioned we are going to keep you guys posted on twitter that should be coming up very soon if you can't make it live no worries is it will be recorded and, and distributed across basically all all our channels and last but not least let's do some prediction uh, predictions who's who's holding up the larry o'brien this year bucks and six <laughs> Oh, I love it. I could have assumed that that, that was going to be your answer. <laughs> I think this, I think, check this out. I think the Suns get it done this year in a rematch. Yeah. Are you ready for I that? Can, I, abs- I, that's my, so that's my number one team I'm worried about out West. I just think losing the way, you know, Chris Paul and Devin Booker, even DeAndre Aiden, I just think that their locked in focus after tasting that loss is going to be 
I don't know. The Bucks are still a little bit on championship hangover. We'll see. We'll see. Well, I can't go wrong. You know, vicariously through you, I wouldn't be upset if the if the Bucks won. But I think a rematch would be pretty cool. I think the Bucks Suns final just looked so weird that I was like, yes, I was, I was, I was happy that that happened. But I like, how many times have you played NBA Two K and simulated season? And you saw those two teams in the championship. It's like, yeah, never, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, no, not happening. All right. Well, thank you guys for for checking in. We're going to do this way more regularly, as you can imagine. The schedule's been a bit hectic. But, but we'll be back with another episode soon. Thanks for checking it out.